Assalamu alaikum, brother. Peace to the God. Peace to the universe. Let's see if this works this time. I am um, making a video on Facebook and trying to have this live discussion with you on Anchor Podcast. What's going on, brother? Okay. Good luck, bro. Let's see how let's see how it works. Make it's working for one minute. Alright. Uh, so it's a good thing that we're on Anchor. On Anchor Podcast. Um hold on one second and I'll be right with you. Peace to the universe. Alrighty then. I see, can't figure it out either. I am uh, um so what's going on, brother? Bro, uh same shit, different day. <laughs> <laughs> You're right about that. I found out um through the news. I don't know how accurate it is, but um the um interim leader or uh, premier in Haiti or Haiti is saying that they caught 20 of the people that um, put on this rule to um, effect the uh, assassination of Yovanel Moise, uh, the then president of Haiti or ruler of Haiti. And um, they're going to, um, they, they tortured him, they killed him. Uh, usually when an assassination happens, there is a hit and run, a shoot, vanish, and kill. Uh, um, shoot, vanish, and kill. Kill, vanish, and shoot. And um, here they had an opportunity Unfortunately, to torture the man, according to the new um, temporary ruler of Haiti. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know much about that situation, but I think we had a brief conversation last night about it. Mm-hmm. And I was saying that I I had saw where I think like six people had been um, captured. As related to well, three three to six people, I think, or two to six people, that mm-hmm. had already been captured, as as related to um, the assassination of uh, the president of, of Haiti. Mm-hmm. But um, again, I don't I don't know details about that. But um, I I did hear early on that there were captures, um, people that had been cap uh, captured, as related to um, the assassination. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, now it's um, up to 20 people. Um, we get to the bottom of this, but um, as a couple of uh, political savvy people on the uh, internet and news have said, um, the real ruse is the fact that now Haiti is asking for America's help to send in troops to uh, restore peace and um, order back to um, Haiti. 
I am not aware. I don't know. I I, I can't say one way or the other. I don't know that they are asking for America help or if they're not. I don't I don't know. So I can't I can't speak intelligently about that. Yeah, that's just the official word of um, the the new president. Okay. Whoever he is. Um, so there's that. And, um, um, what else is going on in the effing universe? Uh, At four four, uh, mark of our first segment for tonight. It is 3.01 a.m. You are in the effing universe. I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Moore. Yeah, bro. I, I don't know, bro. You tell me. I mean, we, we are in the effing universe. What is happening in the effing universe? <laughs> um, they're finding um, some black holes that are headed towards the Milky Way. That is our galaxy. Uh, black hole um, is something that will swallow up light. And uh, the whole basis of uh, life on Earth is based on light and uh, a sun. Um, These are just um, things in science. It's not interesting to a lot of people, but I just put it out there. Um, Shikari Richardson will not be in Tokyo. New report is banning her from uh, from marijuana, as if um, to suggest that um, there's some other foul play afoot. Yeah, bro. Um, I don't know, bro. I I I've heard so many mixed um, feelings about that. Um, so I I, I don't know. I just don't know. I, I you know, I, I want to be fair, you know, in terms of um, what I think is right and what I think is wrong. Um, I, 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 I'm not, a, I'm not a marijuana smoker, so I don't know marijuana like that. Um, mm-hmm. The time, the time that I have tried it. Um, it was ex- made me extremely paranoid. So mm-hmm. um, I, I it, it was not it was not a drug of choice for me. I just you know I didn't like that feeling. I feel like you know I am naturally a deep thinker, and so it raised my deep thinking to a level of paranoia that I was not comfortable with. Now I have a lot of friends, a lot. When I say a lot, I have a lot of friends that do smoke marijuana. Mm-hmm. Um, that are extremely comfortable, that are extremely competent, um, and 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 reach no level of paranoia um, that that I reach. Um, Which is amazing. It's uh, it's it did the same thing to me. Uh, not only paranoia, it um, disoriented me. I don't know how people can uh, just walk around. I'd, I'd be dizzy as hell. 
Yeah, I, I, I couldn't walk around. I, I was too afraid to move. <laughs> Much um, so it, it was it it was it was not something that I could get used to, and I'm glad that I didn't get used to it. Right. But but there's other people, man, that can wake up and smoke marijuana and go to work. Yeah. Um. Bake. Yeah, and you know, and do that very easily. Mm-hmm. Um. So, um, I don't know about the sister and her level of drug use, um, how it affected her, um, but. I feel bad that she's not going to be able to participate, but um, this could be the prime of her career in running and um, it's being taken away for some foolishness. Yeah. I I, I really hate this. I really hate that she made that choice to do that. Right. While, while I do understand, I have made a lot of those same dumb mistakes at that age. That is correct. Um, one of the things about being young, um, and it just takes a little bit to throw your career off. And um, some people find <coughs> even find their path back to the success that they, the trajectory of the success that they wish to to have achieved. Yeah, and I and I think if there's a lesson to be learned, I, I, ironically enough, I was listening to a podcast um, with Gilly and what I think his name is Wally, mm-hmm. uh, the two brothers from uh, Philadelphia, um, mm-hmm. and I think Wally did twenty years. I think Gilly is is the rapper, mm-hmm. and I think they're cousins. Uh, but Wally was saying that. Um, while he was locked up, um, he was his celly was an old timer, and the old timer was doing like uh, a, a life sentence. And he said he he came in from off the yard, and uh, the the old timer was saying to him, "How long did it take?" And he said he was you know kind of baffled. He said, "But the old timer kept asking him how long did it take," and he was like, "Man, what are you talking about?" <laughs> but and the old timer uh, essentially was asking him, "How long did it take for you to get this twenty years?" Right, and and so <laughs> he asked him to pull the pull his paperwork. And when he pulled his paperwork, you know, he started reading his paperwork, and he said, "Wow, um, it essentially took you five minutes to get twenty years." And, and I, so what I'm saying about that is. Sometimes when we're young like that, we don't understand that we're about to make a five-minute decision that is going to impact us for 20 years or the rest of our life. And wow. and 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 I can say or speak to that in the sense that I so much of my life I have spent trying to get back the early years that I messed up of my life. Mm. I and also. And 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 there's so many of us that don't get the opportunity to get those years back because we either die, we go to prison, yeah. you know, something very tragic happens, and we and we're not able to come back from that. But those of us that that are, then I think we have to make the best of that. But so just just to speak to that conversation, and as it speaks to the, to the sister. Um, how ever 
minutes that she spent smoking mm-hmm. for it to affect any number of days of her life not being able to do what her dream is to do is traumatic. And for anybody going forward to think about whatever it is that you try to do in life or you want to do, or even if you don't know what you want to do, think about what you're doing right now because of how it might affect impact your life for the rest of your life. That's um, wisely spoken. Um, I know it messed me up, but um, sometimes we look for um, excuses or look for shortcuts or look for um, a sure thing and find out that it's not none of those things. It's in fact deleterious to our hopes and dreams. Yeah, I think unfortunately that a lot of us as black people um, we look for shortcuts because that's what we've been taught in life is to look for the shortcuts because the long road doesn't seem feasible for us. And we, we've been taught that the long road doesn't exist. Or the, the long road is, is, is not um, curtailed or not situated for, for us to succeed. So the shortcut is what we should be taking. And so we've been take we've been taught to take the shortcut only in in learning after taking the shortcut that we got caught taking the shortcut. And now we gotta do a longer sentence as a resort of taking the shortcut. So I, I think the long and short answer is there's no shortcuts in life. You're right. And some of us find that out the hard way. A lot of uh, us, you know, you. <laughs> most most of us, if not all of us, find it out the hard way. Hmm. I think you were saying uh, on a previous podcast how the brain is isn't really developed in a youth uh, before twenty five. Yeah, your your brain doesn't fully develop until you're at age twenty five. So. Right. A, a lot of decisions that you're making, if at all the decisions that you're making, it, it, bro, there's so much research. There's so many different theories that are out there that look at the cognitive development of the mind of the individuals. When you look at, I mean, I mean, even if you, I, I mean, you can look at Freud, you can look at Adler, you can look at Jung, you can look at Piaget. Uh, it's just so many cognitive development models and theories that are out there that have to do with the way that we develop um, psychologically, the way that we develop um, cognitively, the way that we develop morally, the way that we develop socially. There's a lot of different constructs. There's a lot of different theories out there that explore how we grow um, in, in all those different facets. But I mean, but if you don't know these things, you you just don't know. You know, if you if you look at um, like Eric Erickson, mm-hmm. and Eric Erickson had um, he had a lifespan model, and his lifespan model dealt with psychosocial, 
and he in his psychosocial model, he went from like from birth to um, 65, 70 to um, despair. And he just basically talked about the different stages in life in which you grow and develop and what happens during those stage, during those stages. And he basically makes the argument that if this, you know, doesn't happen, then this happens. So his first stage is um, in Eric Erickson's development of stages. He says, um, there's trust versus mistrust, right? And so he, he says, in the first stage, you have, you, you gain trust because you were nurtured the right way. Your mom, you know, maybe breastfed you, she hugged you, she told you she loved you, all those different things. So you gain trust. If your mom didn't breastfeed you, if your mom didn't uh, hug you, if these things didn't happen, then you gain mistrust, right? Yes. So this is early on, according to Erickson, right? And so you you have two different babies now. You have one baby that is trusting of the world, one baby that is open towards the world, <clears throat> very hopeful, optimistic, where there's another baby that becomes darkened by the world, not trusting of the world, not trusting of people, not trusting of themselves, not feeling optimistic at all. This is early on starting off, right? So we go, we go from that stage. If we go to his final stage, his final final stage is uh, uh, integrity versus despair, mm. right? So this is age from maybe 60, 65, I don't know, something like that, right? Where you look back, at, you look back at your life, and according to Erickson, you feel integrity because. You did the things that you felt like you were able to do and that you wanted to do. You feel good about your life. You feel integrity. If that doesn't happen, then you feel despair. Despair is you look back at your life, you look back at it as a life of regrets. Uh, a lot of things that you didn't accomplish that you wish you had accomplished, man, you can't go back. So you start to feel despair. Hmm. Right? The, the latter, the despair. <laughs> <laughs> this is thinking that way yesterday. I'm like, damn, it's a lot of shit that um seems like you got a fork in the road, and if you go down the wrong road, it's, it seems like it's no turning back and no coming back from it. Yeah. Um... So yeah, so and what and that was Eric Erickson's um, model. And that was his theory. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know. The first time I, I studied Eric Erickson, I was like, "Wow, I don't think this shit is fair. I think I should have learned this like in high school. Somebody should have taught me this." Right. <laughs> you know, um, but I, but nobody did. Fortunately, though. Um, you know, I don't know how or why I made any of the decisions that I made, you know, in life to do half of the things I did. But um, I'm grateful for some of the choices that I made um, and decided to, to make based on the experiences of, of what I was growing up with. Um, uh, so I don't know, bro. Um, 
uh, I, I, I am not sure. I, I, I think wherever you are in life, if you're not happy with it, then I think that at that point you, you need to um, seek the service that you need to, to get you to the point where you can feel comfortable about where you are in life. If not, then those things really will manifest. That despair will really manifest. Right? Yes. Because I, I surely was a kid that grew up, according to Eric Erson's first stages of trust versus mistrust, I surely was a kid that did not receive love, um, did not receive nurturing, um, wasn't breastfed or anything like that. So I was definitely a kid that felt mistrust about the world, mistrust about myself, and didn't feel competent um, um, growing up. Wow. And we are at the 21-minute mark in DF and Universe. We're going to take a quick break and come back with more of Black power thinking, Black psychology, and Black humor. We'll be right back after these messages. Peace to the universe. Peace to the God. Uh, we are back in DF and universe. Black, black psychology. Welcome back to the podcast. Peace to the God. Peace to the universe. Yeah, um, there was um, talk of the Southwest and places like California, Oregon, um, anywhere in, in that area of the Southwest, uh, there's going to be record heat waves um, of temperatures of 100 and better. Um, it's first time in, in a while since such um, harsh weather has taken place. Um we were talking about regrets when we left the podcast. So anywhere you want to start from there is suitable. <clears throat> I don't remember exactly where I stopped that. Um, but I think the conversation was about what well, it, it went into. Um, <clears throat> I, I think it went into well, I'm not exactly sure where it went into. Um, but Making the wrong choices at the at the uh, youthful stage in our lives, and it can be impact impactful for the rest of your life. And uh, those impulsive um, uh, decisions that we make uh, may have something to do with the fact that uh, our brain isn't fully developed until age. 25 so a lot of impulsive thinking and uh, may have affected uh, Shikari Richardson in a, a negative way well I, I don't think I was speaking specifically towards her right I think you started off talking about her but I right. think I, I, I injected Eric Erickson right. um, psychosocial um, theory and, and how he broke those broke those theories down and he and he had a, he had an eight stage developmental stage in terms of how people grow and how they develop and I think I started off with the first one and then I started talking about the last one 
which was the first one was trust versus mistrust, and the last one was integrity versus dis- despair. Now there, <clears throat> there, there are eight different stages. So there's um, we only dealt with two. So there's six stages that go in between that, according to Eric Erickson. And so I was only referencing that, and and I don't know enough about um, Shakira <clears throat> to put her in any of those stages. But I was just speaking from my own personal understanding or knowledge of Eric Erickson's stages and how we grow according to him. Yes. Now, and, and talking about uh, integrity versus despair at the la- latter stages in life. And <clears throat> if you have accomplished the things that you have been co- that you wanted to accomplish in life, then you are at a point in life you know, at 60, 65, then you would have, then according to Erickson, you feel integrity. Uh, if you have not, then you feel despair and there's a lot of regret and um, non-fulfillment, you know, at that stage in life. And I was saying at that point, then you probably, you know, if in fact you feel that way, then that you probably want to talk to someone about that stage, mm-hmm. or about that that um, that feeling of of life. Yeah, uh, I wanted you to um, maybe explain a little uh, more about the uh, regret part. <clears throat> I, I know that like they've got these motivational books that talk about you can't have regrets in life. How does that stand up against the psychology of what's going on in our minds when we feel regret? Well, I, okay, so I, I I don't think there's anything wrong with feeling regret, right? But I, I think that is to to what degree do you feel uh, regret? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, with that, me- you like dysfunctional. I think that's the dangerous part of having regrets. Well, yeah. So, well, I think that's self-explanatory. You just said it. it you know, if you if you have regrets to the point where it becomes dangerous, then that's that's the danger. <laughs> you know, because I'm sure that we we all in life have done things that we regret, or done things in life that we feel like, <clears throat> oh, we shouldn't have done. But there's nothing in life that you can't come back from. And mm-hmm. if you feel like if, if you feel like you've done something that you can't come back from, then that's when it starts to become dangerous. And that's when you start, that's when you need to start seeking counsel. Mm-hmm. If you if you're at a point where you feel like I can't come back from what I've done, mm-hmm. then that's that's what's problematic. And <clears throat> that's what we uh advocating in the effing universe that um, if your um, regret is to the point where you're dysfunctional and you can't meet your goals any longer then there's some mental disconnect that um, may be helped through some form of clinical psychology did I say that right brother? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I just think that, um, you know, I I don't like the terminology of when people say, um, 
I, I can't do this or I can't do that. Mm. You know, and I would always, and you know, I would even tell my wife, um, and even I, I would tell, I told my grandmother, mm. uh, I think the last time I was in South Carolina, she was telling one of my, my nephews, oh, you're bad. And I said, you know, to my grandma, my grandma's like 90 something years old. Mm. I said, I, and I told my grandma, you know, stop telling him that he's bad. Mm. Right? Because what starts to happen is, to happen, because it happened to me, is that when I was young, I never believed I was bad. But mm. the people that was in, in authority over me was telling me that I was bad. Mm. And so what started to happen was, because they were in authority over me, meaning my mom, my grandma, different people, I started to believe that I was bad because they told me that I was bad. Right. Even though I didn't think I was a bad person. <laughs> but I, I started implementing these bad characteristics because I started believing what they were telling me about me being bad. That's right. So, so I, I told my grandma, I said, stop telling my nephew that he's bad. Mm. And she said, well, He's doing this. He's doing. I said, I don't care what what he's doing or what he is mm-hmm. or is not doing. Don't tell him that he's bad, mm-hmm. right? And 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 the same thing with my wife. I would tell my wife when it came to my kids. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, like she would be like, you don't do this. You don't do this. I said, don't tell them that. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you you aren't good at math. You aren't good at this. You aren't good at cleanup. You aren't. Don't don't do that. Mm-hmm. My idea, what I've learned is you aren't good at that yet. Hmm. Not that you aren't good at it. You aren't good at it yet. Right. But you 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 are and you are capable of being good at it. Wow. Right? Because what, what happened for me is I realized in my life that I had adopted other people's fears. Hmm. I had adopted other people's ideology about certain things. Right. So I had never gone to college and I had adopted this ideology about going to college because people had told me, man, I'll go to college. Mm-mm. You know, that man, you know I'm, you know how long you're gonna be in school? Mm-hmm. Man, you know how hard that's gonna be. I I had never done it, but here's all these other people's fears telling me what I could not do, what I was not capable of, and I was living those, I was living their dreams out. Mm. Based on their reality, ba- right? And, and so, I, and so, what I'm saying is that you got to be careful about telling people or living out other people's dreams mm-hmm. and manifesting other people's dreams on you, because that's 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 their fears, that's their mentality. It doesn't have to be yours. All right. In in fact, um, not only um, should you um, be aware of the what other people are telling you because it may not be your reality and it certainly is not a part of what you you're striving to do in terms of your goals and your career and uh some people may want to know what what this has to do with black power but i think a lot of us are affected by um what people tell us that we should be doing but there's a thing in psychology called narrative therapy, right? Mm-hmm. Narrative therapy <clears throat> talks about the narrative that the world the world gives you and the narrative that you give yourself, mm-hmm. right? So you're living a script, 
Mm. based on what the world has told you about who you are. Mm. Or you're living a script about what you think you are or are not supposed to be. And what I'm saying and what I teach is that you can change that narrative at any point. Mm. If you're living a narrative of, of, of someone else's perception of you or you're living a narrative of the world's perception of you, or you're living a narrative that someone else has written for you, you're the king of your jungle. Mm. You're the hero in your script. <laughs> you, if, if, if what is happening in your life is not working, I'm, what I'm recommending is change the narrative. Mm-hmm. Re, rewrite the script. Mm-hmm. The script that you're living is not working. Hmm. Change the narrative of your life. You know, um, when we first started doing this podcast or whatever, um, there was, I I, I don't know, um, I don't know what you sent me. You sent me a couple things. But I was looking at um, some earlier transcripts that you had did. Mm Mm-hmm. And and in my opinion, I thought it was so negative. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, it was just all just gloom and negative and dark. And you know, it's like it was just like this really dark world. And I was like, and that's where I'm at. That's I was like, let me get the freak out of here, man. This is depressing. <laughs> you know, like, you know, why why do I want to be in this world? Right. That's that's so negative. That's so dark. Right. You know. And I'm saying, bro, you know, you can't talk to me in that world. Like mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not going there with you, bro. I'm not, I'm not going in that dark gloom and gloom right. and everything is negative. That's, I'm, I'm not going to do that with you. Right. If you want to do that, you, you can't drag me into that. I'm not going to allow you to do that. I'm, it's that dark gloom. I mean, there's there's no positivity in that. What 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 <laughs> yes, what, what are you hoping to accomplish in, in being there? <laughs> there's there's nothing good coming out of that think thinking and behaving like that. Right. You know, the only thing that you're gonna bring in that world is other negative people. Mm. Other and... negative other negatives negative people in negative situations. Right. And and you're manifesting negativity. Right. And and that's what we were speaking about yesterday. People that have black consciousness, I won't even say the word woke, because I want to take it down a different avenue. Is there a place in our black conscious thinking where we get overwhelmed by things like we see in Haiti and like, see, these niggas ain't going to do right now to bringing in the U.S. government. Do we get um, burnt out from this cause? This black power thinking. And if we do, how do we deal with that? And um, Because one person was telling us yesterday that she doesn't want nothing to do with that negativity and dark world. And that's what black power and black consciousness has done to her. Well, I, I think what I was saying to you last night, and the disagreement is, 
when you talk about being woke, yeah, that, but not that, not the woke aspect of it, right? But but right, that but what I'm whole different conversation, right? But but but, but but what I'm saying is, the woke piece or the woke understanding for me, and that's why I was asking for understanding is is it's depressing. Mm-hmm. There, you, it's not woke. It's depressing. It's mm-hmm. like it's like everything about the woke generation or the woke the so-called woke people is negative there's nothing positive about them you know mm-hmm. they want to be woke but i was like and i was saying to you they aren't woke they're asleep mm-hmm. everything that they're saying and doing is depressing they, they how are they woke when they're so depressed mm-hmm. when you, you aren't woke if you're depressed and if all you bring if your wokeness is about all negativity how are you woke? To be mm-hmm. awoke means to be alive, to be living, to be doing things. But if your wokeness is, I'm awoke because I'm depressed. You ain't out of freaking. You woke. Mm-hmm. You aren't woke. You de- if if you're depressed, you need to come out of a depressed state. Mm-hmm. So I don't know who gave them that definition of wokeness. Right, and in in the sense that they think that they're woke because they're talking about all the bad things in the world that are happening. Mm. Why does that make you woke? Why does that make you? Oh, I'm not part of the system. Oh, I'm not part of this. It almost makes me feel like I feel better because I'm depressed. I feel better because I know all these bad things are happening, and you don't. So that makes how do we deal with? Um... Like news of Haiti and this assassination. This is like one little island of hope that uh, black people can reverse uh, white supremacy and build something of their own. And to see Haiti in, in that light, even though we don't have too much political savvy on what's going on in the country, it's symbolically depressing to see part but i think you need to change your, your perspective mm-hmm. and that's yeah. what i'm asking you yeah so again I, i'm saying that your perspective of that i think is 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 can lead to a depressing thought mm-hmm. why 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 are you looking at haiti that way mm-hmm. because why, symbolically it's the only successful why are you saying it though based on what Based on the history of the country, but the, but but Haiti is not successful. Haiti is a poor country. It's a very poor country. Mm-hmm. It's not doing well. It has not done well. Mm-hmm. So to, to say that it is this or is that, it's, it's not. Acon has been contributing millions and millions of dollars to to, to Haiti. Mm-hmm. He's he's been working almost independently. You know, to try to bring the country to some point. I mean, he just started getting them water and electricity. They they are not. They're they're not a successful country. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the success was not about them being a a country, but about the fact that they were able to uh, end, or supposedly, end the um, rule of. Um, the colon- they were able to end the colonization of Haiti. Okay, so maybe they won the battle, but they didn't win the war. That is correct, and that is what we wanted to get to.
Um, we are at the 19-minute mark in the effing universe, and we're talking about uh, black consciousness <clears throat> exhaustion and um, how people who can get into these movements can find themselves in a dark place and uh, how we can get out of that. When we come back, we'll go into it a little more and uh, see if we can come up with some way of identifying this depressive state from being active in the black community and black history, black politics, black power. We'll be right back after these messages. Peace to the universe. Peace to the God. Assalamu alaikum, brother. Peace to the God. Peace to the universe. And we are back for our uh, third and final segment of tonight and this weekend. Uh, we were talking about uh, black consciousness exhaustion. And uh, we used the example of Haiti just to try to paint a picture of um, our frustration whether um, people believe that we're conscious of black issues or not, um, whether these types of um, losses or um, mishaps in terms of black leadership are a problem. I also noticed that even here in America, uh, there seems to be a lot of infighting with black consciousness people or people that are into black activism um, fighting amongst each other. And we all seem to be a miserable bunch. And um, I think uh, you were getting to the heart of the matter when you were mentioning um, regret. And I just wanted to know a little more on how we can tie it all in, if at all possible. <clears throat> well, I, I think I talked about regret early on in the conversation, but <clears throat> I think we were, we were at a different part of the conversation when we ended uh, the last session. Um, I don't quite remember where we were, but um, um we were talking about um, when we ended this last session, the the dark thinking that begins to arise in some people, um, and the specific people that we want to address are people that are in some type of black consciousness movement, and uh, how how should they take news like Haiti, news like. Uh, well, I, I I I think where we left off, you you were talking about. I was asking you why did you feel like Haiti was this place of I don't know salvation or Haiti as this place of um, win for black people, and I I, I think that you and well I was I was asking you for clarity about that, mm -hmm. and I and I think from what you were trying to articulate to me. Was Haiti, I don't know, because they won the revolution or they won the war that that somehow made them this place where black people could look at in terms of hope. Mm 
And then my response to you was, yeah, well, I think they won the battle, but they didn't win the war. Right. Okay. So is is that where is that what you remember? Is that what you remember? Yeah. Okay. All right. So if we go back there, so again, um, with uh, uh, what was the brother's name? Um, oh, why is his name escaping me right now? Um, Ogutu. Uh, I can't remember his name right now. Why is it escaping me? Um. But his name is escaping me right now. But um, you know what I'm talking about? Um, give me a reference. <clears throat> okay, brother. Give me a second. Give me a second. Give me a second. Oh, man. Haitian warrior. Oh, Tucson <clears throat> Overture. Tucson Overture. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah. So, I feel like while Tucson Overture was successful in, in what he did in terms of winning a battle. He did he he did the country he or the country didn't win the war. The the country never outside of that, the country never did anything else. The country never gained any independence outside of that. The country was never able to be self-sufficient. So while he won the battle, he they still lost the war. Yeah. Um historically it was the um book that I read, uh, The Jacobins, and uh, it was talking about the Black Triumvirate, and that was three different aspects of leadership in Haiti, uh, one being Toussaint Louverture, who was the most popular, and then you had somebody like Dessalines that was like, yo, fuck this white man. If we don't get all of these people that have tried to colonial uh, colonize us out of this country, we're going to be fucked up for the rest of our history as a nation. Um, it reminds me the soft approach that uh, Minister Farrakhan wanted to do contrasted with the um, hard approach that um, Minister Khalid wanted to take in terms of uh, white supremacy here in America. But um, not to get into details of leadership, but um, what is our mental exhaustion doing to us who would like to have um, or continue to have some active role in Black power consciousness? But I think if you're trying to ask me um how could how can you not be depressed in terms of um helping black consciousness how can you how, how do we avoid depression or right. feeling exhausted in working and, um, and, and not only avoid depression but to try to stop the infighting in these organizations like with uh, Tucson Louverture and Dessalines they disagreed with uh, each other, um, yeah, but but you, bro, the reality is you can't hurt 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 people hurt people. Mm-hmm. So you know, unless the two people look, here's the thing, right? <clears throat> and I think um, street rappers, I think street gangs, 
probably have the best example of, of this in my opinion. Right? To me, um, what what I've seen the minister be able to do and what I've seen um, street people be able to do is come to a behind the scenes conversation and say, hey, look, bruh, you know, this ain't effective. You know, we, we killing one another. Mm-hmm. Let's come behind the scenes. Let's come from, you know, uh, public media, social media, whatever. Let's move that out of the way and let's have a side conversation. Here's mm-hmm. what's happening in Chicago. Here's what's happening in New York. Here's what's happening in D.C., right, in terms of street, mm-hmm. right? And this is what we need to do behind the scenes. We're going to have a behind-the-scenes conversation. Mm-hmm. I think that's the healing that needs to take place. Right. I, I totally agree. Um, from what I read in the article today about Haiti after the assassination of uh, Yovanel Moise, the um, country is gone into disarray. There are at least four different factions that have risen. One was um, Moise had appointed a new ruler to Haiti two days before he was assassinated because he was ruling by um, um, proxy uh, Moise was. He he wasn't voted into the leadership of Haiti. He just took over because there was chaos. And then as the stability of Haiti was coming into existence, this is when he appointed somebody that would be the prime minister. But now you got four of these so-called prime ministers fighting each other. So it's the same thing here in, uh, we don't have a nation, but we have organizations and these leaders can't seem to get along. So I agree with you when you said um, we got to have a backdoor conversation with each other. And um, I wanted to bring up that serenity prayer. Uh, Give me the power to change the things that I can change and give me the strength to endure the things that I can't. Uh, yeah, and another difference between the things that I can't. Hmm. You teach on it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's interesting because, um, well, I, I had a personal personal situation yes, in my sir. life at, at one point. I'm not probably going to need, probably not going to get into it right now. But that was my prayer every night. Um, wow. And it, it 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 got me through that situation, but it was a very very difficult situation in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a young teenager, had never experienced anything, things or the thing that I I was experiencing, and I did not know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. But I, when I look back at it, it was such a powerful situation that I could have made a lifelong. Mistake. Um, mistake, bad so. decision. <laughs> Life because changing I, mistake. Yeah, because I was just not mature enough to handle what I was going through. Wow. And I don't know. Um, 
I, I, I don't know what advice to give a young person um, that might be going through something at their age, mm-hmm. except for to tell them that time will change all things mm. and, and, and give it and give it time. Mm. Um, I, I think I, you had a wake up call um, with the story that you introduced at the beginning of this podcast when you, you said the old man asked the other inmate how long did it take and you're like what the hell are you talking about mm-hmm. <laughs> can you reintroduce that story <laughs> man let me tell you something bro. I could, I could reintroduce <laughs> so many different stories mm-hmm. um, look I, I, I tell you another story right mm-hmm. I I when I first got to college, mm-hmm. I was an adult. I was 22 years old. Most people, when they arrive at college, they're 17, 18 years old, right. maybe, maybe even 16. I was, a, <laughs> I was an adult. I was 22, mm-hmm. um, going on 23 years old. My first semester, um, I did horrible, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I flunked out, right? Mm-hmm. And I went to my math professor. Uh, his name was Dr. Hugini. Mm-hmm. He's my um, fraternal um, brother in Omega Sapphire now. He's also my um, Masonic brother in Masonry. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was my math professor, and I was neither I was neither a Q or a Mason at the time. Mm-hmm. But I had been horrible in his class. Uh, it was a math. It was, he was teaching, I think, pre-algebra. Pre algebra, mm-hmm. I had done horrible. Mm-hmm. I had failed it. And so, my first semester, I had done so bad that they were going to kick me out of college. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know where this motivation came from, but something sent me to him. Mm-hmm. I went to him and I said, Hey, look, this is what my GPA is. They're going to kick me out of school. You know, um, I don't know what to do. He said to me, he said, look, um, all things should pass. Mm. Right. Said something to me like that, like all things should pass. Mm -hmm. And he said, I am not going to allow you to go back to where you came from at your age. Wow. And he said, look, this is what I'm going to do. I am going to remove the F that you made in my class, and I'm going to give you an incomplete. Mm-hmm. Right? Him giving me an incomplete gave me a grade level to allow me to stay in school on probation. Wow. That grade level that allowed me to stay in school on probation allowed mm-hmm. me to be able to graduate from South Carolina State University. Wow. Right. So, <clears throat> else we wouldn't even be here now. Right. <laughs> right. 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 Have because, a whole different life right now. Right. Right. Because now I I stepped into a life of college at an adult age at twenty two. Didn't mm-hmm. know what I was doing. I was trying to figure college out. I was in math class. I was in all these different classes. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> 
right? I was feeling because let me tell you something, bro. I had not taken a math class since I was in ninth grade, mm-hmm. right? Because right. They, what they what did what they had told me in ninth grade is all you need is a ninth grade credit, right? And once you get this ninth grade credit, you don't need no more credits, right? To graduate. So I was like, I I man, I ain't know nothing else about math. Yeah. Right. So I graduated, you know, high school. Boom. Man, I was taking classes like Woodshop. I was taking easy shit. Yeah. Cause I I, I didn't I wasn't going to college. I'm you and, and there was nothing in high school that was telling me, oh, you need to do this, you need to do that. So right. I wasn't it's doing it. for college. Right. Which is and, why they have the pre-algebra as a college course now, because they tell people you can stop at the tenth grade. Bruh, and I think that, that is the worst thing. Exactly. It's, it's, a, it's horrible, bro. And I hope the youth are listening to that. That is the first thing that you got to do. There are no shortcuts in life. Yeah, bro. And I'm telling you, man, you know, he, again, he's my massage brother. He's my fraternal brother. Mm -hmm. Um, But, bro, he he really, like, altered my life at that time. Mm. Had, Had not he done that, because what he said to me, he said, I'm afraid to let you go back to where you came from. Wow. I, look, this dude don't know me from nothing except for class. Wow. Here's a black man talking to me in South Carolina, in South Carolina State, saying, I am not going to let you go back to where you came from. Because wow. I'm, af- I'm afraid that we will lose you. He, wow. said, at, he said, at your age, at 22 years old, if, if I allow you to go back to where you came from. You won't come back. Mm. That man, he changed my life. Wow. You know, so it was, man, I I, I can tell you so many different stories. I don't even know how I got onto that, different, onto that story. We're talking about giving something more than hope and optimism to people. Well, um, particularly the youth, we want them to see that this is going to be exhausting. There are going to be a lot of um, lost battles, but the war is what we have to win. We have to focus on getting those uh, little things out of the way and creating a bigger picture, a better picture for ourselves. I don't know if it was James Baldwin or Malcolm Mm -hmm. X that said to be conscious in America is to be miserable every day. (laughs) I think they both may have said it. (laughs) Yes, sir. And that's that's what it means, bro. Because let me tell you, man, you know, You know, you know, as a father, as a husband, coming from where I come from, mm. bro, it is it, it's a struggle, man. And what I mean by it's a struggle is, like, I'm one of those people that, you know, I come from your hard school of not when you in the nation, mm. you know, they were no compromises, right? Right. And so, a lot of things that I hear now that you have done, I'll be like, well, I don't know that dude. <laughs> the dude that I know is is is, is something different. But, no but, compromise. 
Right. But 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 from what I from but from what I come from in Orthodox Islam and a nation of Islam mm. and the discipline that I've always had, I, you know, I'm so extreme. Like mm. I don't like it's hard for me to have small conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I it's hard for me to be in a room with somebody and, and talk bullshit, right? Right. And or just be talking bullshit conversation. Now I'm a sports person, so to a certain degree. Right. So I can get you, I, I mean, I can entertain enough to, right. you know, to, 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 okay, this this dude is not deep, you know, <laughs> this person's not that deep. So <laughs> I just talk sports, I just talk, you know, excellent. I can, because I like boxing, you know, yes, I like, sir. you know, I like certain things, so I can get there. And, right. I, and, and if I realize that this is where I'm at with this person, then I, you know, I, I get it, but yeah. but on an everyday basis, I ain't, I'm not a small conversation person. Right. I ain't no, you know, no entertainer with with people. I ain't no, I'm I'm not that type of dude. If if you can't have a valid deep conversation, you know, I'm probably not your dude. Right. You know, but but what I am is I'm I'm pretty transparent. I'm pretty open. You know, and you know, I I I, I any place that I've been in life, I think for a significant amount of time, you know, mm-hmm. I've made decent, legitimate friends, but most of the time I've only made those friends because I'm transparent. Right. You know, I'm like, <laughs> you know, this is who I am, blah, blah, blah. Right. And it's it, 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 real. <laughs> right. Right. And, and if you can get on that level, then that's cool. Right. But I, I, what I don't do is get on other people's level. Right. You know, I don't, I don't shift who I am. To, to try to make other people happy, hmm. you know, but, but, you know, I'm, I'm pretty open. I'm, 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 you know, I try to be transparent and, you know, you know, a real authentic person. Mm-hmm. And if I like what you doing, then, you know, I can get with that. But if not, you know, you know, pretty much not, right. you know, but I, I, I just think that I, I, I don't know, bro. I, um, well, tonight we have been talking, we're at the 21 minute mark. This is our last segment. We have been talking about the mental exhaustion that is going to come from any type of uh, activity to try and reverse white supremacy, colonization, and any of the effects of uh, post traumatic slave syndrome. And I'd like to leave with um, a. Romans one that um, Minister Farrakhan had given me in the late eighties, early nineties. This is when I was listening to all his tapes, and there was the tape about um, "There is no mystery God," and it says, uh, "Ever since the world, his invisible qualities, both his in external, no, both his eternal." and his divine nature have been clearly seen. So if you look at nature and you see this creation there just from your perception. So it says um, they are perceived in the things that God has made so people have no excuse at all for what they have to make. And um, I'm going to try to keep that 
of no excuses because I, I can look around me and witness the sun. I can witness the moon and the stars and see that greatness being made. So there's no excuse that within me. And I'll let you have the last word. Okay. Well, I appreciate you giving me the last word, Brian. I will say this to you that you are the manifestation of God. There's no is God out there's no God outside of you. That is correct. And if you keep reminding myself of that. <laughs> and it and, and if you are not manifesting that God, mm-hmm. then you are the God that is not existing. There's no, there is no God but you, bro. Hmm. Arm, leg, arm, leg, leg, arm, head. You are the manifestation of God. And we wanted to put that out in the universe. Indeed. Well, we've had a productive week, brother. Let's come back next week and see if we can um, touch somebody's heart and mind to be motivated to keep going and keep rising. Up, oh, you mighty race, as um, I used to hear going to the rallies from the slave theater. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and what was that? Um, when I used to walk into the mosque every Sunday, uh, that one that uh, Minister Farrakhan used to sing. Which one? Oh, uh, um, um, I know exactly what I'm about now. Oh, my it was, people. I hope you... It was so powerful, bro. Yes, sir. It was so powerful walking into the mosque every Sunday listening to that, bro. Right. Um, black man heavens of the was it black man's heaven is a white, white man's man, hell. White man is a black man's hell. Yeah. Yeah. I'll play that on the uh edit of this on uh, going out. <laughs> yeah. Powerful peace, bro. Indeed. Well, I want you to jo- enjoy the rest of your weekend, brother. And I wanna thank you for another uplifting podcast and uh Hopefully, inshallah, we'll be back next week. Inshallah. Peace to the universe. Peace to the God.
is nothing but hell, pain, torture, and misgiving. If the Bible speaks of a heaven filled with material luxury, which the white man and the preacher has right here, so we see. So, my friend, take it for what it's worth. Your heaven and your hell is right here on this earth. So let's check back into history, which rewards all research and tells us plainly. Before the white man gained entry to the east, he was living in the caves of Europe, a ravenous beast, eating juniper root and eating flesh raw, till God sent Moses to civilize him and teach him the law. Then following Marco Polo, an explorer, he gained entry into Asia and Africa. From China, he took silk and gunpowder. From India, he took juice, manganese, and rubber. He raped Africa of her diamonds and her gold. From the Mideast, he took barrels of oil and gold. Raping, robbing, and murdering everything in his past, the whole black world has tasted of the white man's wrath. So, my friend, it's not hard to tell. A white man's heaven is a black man's hell. heaven 